attacking me on my ear. It's just my right ear. It doesn't happen. Alright. Metal earphones. Those metal earphone <laughs> bastards. <laughs> mistakes were made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the gorgeous, the effervescent Aww. Kristen Pennington. I don't even know what that fucking word is. <laughs> but I'm using it because it makes her smile. Um, low energy energy. Okay. <laughs> Let's... Do you want different headphones? Should we restart here? No, <laughs> no that was all I liked it. It was sweet. Don't restart. It made me happy. <laughs> and we're back. Got my headphones fixed. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just the microphone. Like it doesn't happen. It's just my. It may be because they're made of metal. That may have been a bad choice. Well, like at, at that point, I felt like I was just using the the, the little rubber bit. Yeah. Mistakes were made! Yay! Effervescence. <laughs> <laughs> we just got back in from uh, Kristen's parents' place. We did the Mother's Day celebration. We did. Because all of these come out a week late, so that's... <laughs> uh, so today is Mother's Day. Went over there. I drank wine, listened to the Eagles, having a good time. Had way too much food. Far too much food. <laughs> Trying to stay awake on the drive in. <laughs> so you should have had dessert. You could have been having a sugar heart attack right now. No, I would have passed out in the car. But <laughs> that would have been the liveliest car ride ever, and then I would have just fallen out. <laughs> You're like that kid that's like high, like super hyped up, and then you pass out. Like. Yeah, it doesn't work out well for me. Like a, a, me with an ice cream cone, it's just <laughs> begging for a manic episode. Mm. The um, banana pudding was good though. Yeah, I, I didn't try it. I needed, should have, in hindsight some home but we learned how to make wine today but we did yeah we no. learned part of the process yeah Kristen's dad and I guess mom as well um, they make uh, homemade wine so he's got a couple of uh, big buckets and he showed me how all of that stuff worked and these big kits and um, like basically a human stomach that he ferments everything <laughs> oh, that thing of. was so gross looking it's like cheesecloth filled with like orange oh. grounds and shit like it, it was awesome I was a big fan. Looked super gross. Um, yeah. So that's Mother's Day. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and good news, I um, got an editing gig from Upwork today. So, which is awesome. Which is awesome. It's a uh, client that I've worked with before, and this time around I get paid uh, not a lot of money to go over the manuscript and I get paid this not a lot of money uh, amount every time I get to go over it so you're building relationships building with relationships clients though so eventually this will make me break a thousand dollars and we'll be happy so can I get a job it's going to take me a whole month and it pays my rent at the end of the month and they're like no 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 not we're going to make you work for three months and then pay you Less than you make in a week at the pawn shop. But I mean, it's for right now. I mean, it does kind of suck that it's a lot of work for not a lot of pay. But for right now, it's building. I said relationships 
in particular, I guess, with this one client. Yeah. But then also, you know, if you're trying to pitch yourself to other clients in the future, be like, oh, yeah, do this shit all the time. Yeah, and with Upwork, kind of once you've got your foot in the door, what you need are those reviews from, what is that thumping? Is that me? Um, what you need are those, like, uh, reviews on your profile so that when people go looking for you, um, it's like you're almost like an eBay product <laughs> or the Amazon product. They're like, wouldn't I buy again? Package was destroyed. It looks pretty online, not so much in yeah, person. Yeah, it looks good from a distance, <laughs> like a used car. Like, <laughs> you start to feel like a Craigslist article. And you're like, hey, will anybody pay me 25 cents per 100 fucking words? To like... mm. It's not, uh, I mean... You get into it, right? Like, you think, like, it's going to be, like, romantic. Like, you're going to be able to, you know, ramen noodle your way through life. And I don't know. My first, like, uh, paid gig, paid gig, was, like, a $30 thing, you know, like, post-college. Uh, did something like 10 chapters for 30 bucks. I, I think I got, like, $25 out of that or whatever the fuck it was. And uh, I, that's one of those emails that I've got saved so I can print it out and pin it to my wall because I... You got to get your foot in the door. I don't know if that's true of uh, the writing community, but it's a long-running joke with the film community that you're getting paid in ex- exposure bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, ah, oh, like those exposure bucks will really pay my rent. Well, cause... that's like 90% of the game, right? Like even with like dealing with this distributor, um, there's not going to be a lot of money that comes out if there is any money that comes out of a thing that we're not making money on right now. But in order to release it to this platform, we'd have to pull it off of YouTube, but we've got a couple thousand. No, they said we could keep it on YouTube if well, we don't. Yeah. Well, that's been part of the negotiation. Yeah. And the concern was that we would lose that you know, exposure that we've already... It, it's as good as cash. You just eventually get to cash it in. It's kind of like the stock market. Well, with that, though, I think the difference for me with that is that was a project um, that we made because we wanted to make it. I think there's a difference when you're, and, you know, I'm sure that's true for you, too, like when you're freelancing and other people want you to do work yeah. for them that you can't then release on your own, and they're not wanting to pay you, but they're advertising the exposure you're going to get from whatever project as, like, the holy grail item and it's like if you can't afford to pay me do you really think you're gonna get that much like exposure like you're clearly a indie low budget yeah production here like you're probably not getting any more exposure than i'm getting on my own stuff so you're shooting us in the foot right now because we are an indie low budget (laughs) i still want your stories and i want to work with you guys but nobody (laughs) is making any money just heads up nobody's making any cash uh, all we can offer is the we what we break two sixty that we fucking we pulled in so far. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, yeah, we're we're indie too, but I'm just saying, like, whenever people, because we paid, we had a composer do the music on our film, and I paid yeah. that composer, so he made money. So and I bought Stevie's logo with like a six pack yeah. of beer. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been like some kind of exchange of goods on several of the stuff that we've done. Um, but I mean, yeah, that is true. We are indie too. I'm probably not going to pay you either. <laughs> but um, I just that is one of those things that's kind of ironic. I feel like in the industry is they're like, oh, but all the exposure you'll get, and I'm like, but am I really? But I don't, what I don't like about it, and I think like one of the reasons why I wanted to do this so badly, right, 
is I don't think that that's fair to the artist. I don't understand why the artist can't be in charge of the production as well. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like we have our ideas and in my case, I was like raised to believe that you would have to find an agent to send your thing to a publishing house to the publishing house has an audience they have bookstores they can sell it to and I'm a little more comfortable with like the grassroots aspect of I'll go find the fucking audience if they're into it then they're into it (laughs) but if you know other creative people you know we, we, we start involving everybody yeah I think that's only good that they they're responsible for a level of their own exposure and yeah, they can find a way to make money off of it. Go. Well, I think to that end, it's if you're wanting to skip the work that's required. Like that is true that a lot of the time you need some kind of connection because most like bigger companies won't take unsolicited work. So like I feel like the people that want to go straight from I made this thing now make me famous are wanting to skip all the work that goes on in the middle. So they think I'll just send this out and somebody who has way more money than me will make this yeah. a big deal and make people care about it and the difference I think and like you know what we try to do with our own work is like we're trying to create work that resonates with you know other artists or other people in general and we're putting in the work to try to build our own platform mm-hmm. so and it's almost intentionally below budget well I don't have a budget so it has to be below budget that's what I mean like <laughs> We don't set like a five hundred dollar limit. We set like a twenty five dollar limit. Yeah, that's true. We could. And we're like, we have what we have, and we can work where we can work. But we're gonna try to, like, get this shot done. You know, within the space, or (coughs) I write a story, and I, you know, it's on me to do the social media to try to pull people to the site to get them to look at the story, and that might, you know, none of them have gone anywhere so far. So like. They've, they've reached a lot of people, but they haven't really, you know. For the jobs that you've been hired for, though, didn't you, like, send that work to those people to, like, kind of see what your work was? Like, did you send them a link to your website? Like, yeah. when you were, so, I mean, it has technically, to some degree, mm-hmm. like, helped you get work because a lot of people want to see a portfolio of some kind. So. I'm just saying that it, it, it in and of itself is not, like, yeah. a, uh, an income. Like, this is not a get-ready-quick oh, yeah. No. type of job no no creative to your job dad is. today and he was talking about somebody like you could uh he was like i might be able to talk to somebody that could you know potentially get you in somewhere working in like uh, one of these newspapers and stuff and he's like hey, you know they don't pay very well you know they only pay like thirty thousand dollars and i was like i would cut somebody's throat for thirty thousand dollars a year <laughs> like i would like <laughs> Like I would kill my best friend for 30k like I, I'm, I'm not desperate I'm not like I, I guess I am desperate to kill somebody over $30,000 but like I'm not like living a life where I'm like I've got 75 grand in the fucking bank like 75 to me I would shit my pants fucking $500,000 the budgets on these projects we've been looking for you gave me that money I am moving to Tijuana I am out of here I am gone son I'll move to North Korea even, and give me $500,000. I'm even 500000 If somebody was like, I'll give you $10,000, I'd be like, hells yeah. Yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> Don't trust me with that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're actually thinking about, I'm not going to leave. I, I, I'm, good at, I'm good at contracts. I'll do what you tell me to do. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> or even just if somebody loaned me 
equipment if they were just like make this thing and we'll give you gear for free but you got to give this gear back when you're done and i'd be super stoked <laughs> to, to be able to mess with the gear yeah so yeah i'm, I'm not making thirty thousand a year <laughs> <laughs> i don't make that much money i don't know i thought I, I, it builds character you know to like make less thousands of dollars than you are in age <laughs> Not even. I'm 28. I don't pull in 28 grand a year. <laughs> Not even just character. I think on a creative level, it um, forces you to be innovative. Like when you don't have the money, you have to figure out how to get the same quality regardless. Yeah. So it forces you to kind of rethink what you are capable of on your own. And the argument that I've always brought to you is like a lot of the classics, like they shot those, th those initial scenes with like basically fucking camcorders. Like the concept for Saul was done, I believe, under ten grand. Like we'd have to look it up, but I, I think they shot it they all shot in a bathroom. Them. You know, the original, like the the movie itself, was very low budget, mm -hmm. but the concept that they shot to sell the idea. I was going to counter that by saying that film usually just looks a little prettier than low-quality digital, but uh, that Saw movie probably came out on digital, I would imagine. Like yeah, they that would have been early 2000s. Yeah. That would be the Wang brothers. Were they brothers? I don't know. Just Wang. I don't know. I guess you only write Saw if your last name is a funny euphemism for a penis. Like, that's... <laughs> That's the only time where you're like, you know what I need to do? I need to kidnap a woman, put her in a room with her dead cellmate, and then make her gut that guy. Until Was the original he wakes a woman? Up. Do what? Was the original a woman? Yeah, Amanda. Amanda. Like the, the original. Girl in the bear it? trap. Yeah, the original started with Amanda. I thought the first actual movie started with the dude that had to saw his own leg off. No, that's the first movie. That, that, that's the whole plot of the first film. Yeah. But Amanda is the girl in the bear trap. No, I don't know. But I was she... talking about the bear trap scene where she has to... It's... He's like it's been a while about... since yeah. I've seen him. Basically, she wakes up in this chair in the middle of the room with the big reverse bear trap on her head that's going to rip her face wide open. I remember that because I remember the panic scene of her like freaking out. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. Yeah. But the uh, recorder is playing and her dead, I guess, rehab or... Selly, I can't remember who this person was because it's a dude and he's like cellmate and that doesn't make a lot of sense now that I think about it because there's no way where that would work. Um, unless it's just cellmate like they're in the cell together. But mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a throwaway line. Um, she is under the idea that this guy's dead on the ground and he's been forced to swallow the key. So the key's inside of his stomach. Mm -hmm. She lifts his shirt up and he's got the big question mark and she starts stabbing him with the medical scalpel. She retrieves the key, and around the time she retrieves the key, the dude's eyes open up, and the he is not dead. He is heavily sedated. So she literally had to gut this guy while he was still alive to get the key to Ugh. unlock the bear trap to stop her head from fucking shooting open. Ugh. And that is a scene you write when your last name is a euphemism for a penis. <laughs> I don't feel like that's as morally dramatic as her knowing he's alive though if you think he's dead all you think you're doing is mutilating a dead body so I yeah. feel like that's not as much of a no, the moral... disturbing part is like when his eyes come open and you're like oh shit like she's like legit like mm -hmm. 
taken this fucking dude out. Saw something else. The fucking razor wire trap, the Mm -hmm. being covered in flammable... Like, that first movie alone. Like, that notebook has... The needle pit freaked me out for some reason, and that's probably one of the less aggressive ones. That's two or three. It's when Amanda gets captured a second time. Yeah, I can't... She gets shoved into the needle pit. I think that's the second one. I remember the needle pit, but that's where they're in the abandoned house, and um, Sergeant Matthews, his son's in the house, and all that shit. But, yeah, it's one of the lesser graphic ones, but for some reason that one really freaked me out. Cool kill in that movie is, um, do you remember the peephole revolver? I don't think so. Where, like, the dude is looking through, but they've got, uh, jigsaws like, you can't leave this room, and then they break that one rule, and it leads to the rest of all the other horrific shit, but they've, uh, they find the key, and they're not supposed to, they're like, the key, I can't remember the exact message, but it's like, this key does not unlock that door, and he's like, fuck that, and, like, sticks the key in and turns it, and when he turns it, there's a shot where it goes to the other side of the door, and there's a 357 Magnum pointed through the peephole. And then the dude looks into the peephole. And right as he gets the key going all the way, it releases the hammer on the revolver, shoots him in the face, and the motherfucker falls back into the room. And it's like, <sighs> welcome to the fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I've seen that. Which movie is that? The same Saw movie. Is it the second? Uh, whatever when she gets thrown in the hypodermic needle pit. Huh. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, because there's that kill, and then there's the um, uh, the cremation kill with the crazy looking homeless guy, like the, the that gets locked in the yeah he gets locked pit. in the crematorium, and there's like the wasn't little... the whole premise behind that one though that they had to work together, none of them would live. Wasn't that like the concept of that film? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, part that and part Jigsaw knew that. The police were closing in on him. So at the beginning of the movie, the SWAT team pours into his workshop. And Sergeant Matthews, or Captain Matthews, whatever his name is, um, is in the middle of interrogating him. And then they uncover all these computer monitors that are showing the active game that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to ruin the ending because you've that- obviously not seen this no, is that the one where his kid gets taken? Yeah. Yeah, I've like, seen that one. Right as they're getting ready to take him out, he's like, you can't leave me here. <laughs> because your son is in that kill. Yeah. And uh, it has a legendary Saw plot twist. So if you've not seen it, I, I would say go back, watch the first three Saw films. If you don't like the first three, don't sit through the other seven. Because you're not going to enjoy those either. But the first three are fucking incredible we did say we were going to try to find one that was rated low enough to do a two star on i'll do like a two one star, of the series but, 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 i guarantee you like those later saws there's one that's got the guy from lincoln park uh chester that killed himself he's in one of them i didn't realize he was in one of them yeah he's in one of the later ones um he's part of like a skinhead uh what do you call it where you steal cars and uh Take him to a warehouse and strip him down. All I know is it's called a chop shop, but I don't that's, know. That's what I was looking <laughs> for. Yeah, like he, they're like skinheads who run this chop shop type organization, and he is super glued to the driver's seat, shirtless, Ugh. 
And so he's sitting there, and in order to stop all of his friends from getting killed, he has to like lean forward and like start the car. So he has to rip all the skin off his own back. And spoiler alert on this particular Saw movie, Chester doesn't do so hot. So the car <laughs> drops, which smushes his friend's head, and then the back tire's just spinning, and then that accelerates, and he pins the girl to the fucking wall. It, and then I think he goes shooting through the windshield. Everybody gets fucked up. <laughs> I always think that's interesting yeah. when these random celebrities are in like these hyper successful franchises. Like um, Adam Levine guest starred in one of the episode or one of the. It may have only been one episode, but it was one of the series of a. Uh, it's the letterbox. <laughs> you guys shitting back there. <laughs> <laughs> But he guest starred in like at least one or maybe two episodes of uh, American Horror Story. So I always wonder, like, did the people who run those series reach out to those people, or were those people hyper fans and were like, "Please put me in one." Um, I, if if I could get in a Saw film, I don't care if it's <laughs> Saw Thirty Five. If I can get killed in a Saw film, <laughs> son, sign me, me up in. fucking tomorrow. I'm there. I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, I think Adam Levine, if I'm remembering right, got pretty wrecked in the American Horror Story that he was in. Johnny Depp got fucked up in Nightmare. <laughs> Gets sucked through the blood and fountain yeah. shot all over the goddamn wall. He wasn't famous back then, though. He yeah. was like just He's starting out his still career. Kind of young. What 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 would have been funny, right? Like um, in the Saw movie, is if after he killed his girlfriend and then went flying through the windshield of the vehicle, like if he did a backflip, landed on his feet, and he goes, "I'm so numb and it didn't even matter." Like, <laughs> No. I tried so hard, I no. got so far, I killed my friends, and it didn't even matter. These are, uh... Because Amanda's running the show, <laughs> and Jigsaw's dead, and I don't remember the rhythm of this song anymore. <laughs> yeah, these are definitely, uh, scenes that end up on the cutting room floor. No, it's... It, <laughs> no, that's it's, terrible. It's Linkin Park. Like, they could have gone directly into almost, like, what's the... The end... Like the do 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 the big fucking song that Lincoln Park did. Like in the, the end, it doesn't even like, matter. Was I? That's did I just, just mix numb and the end into one song? <laughs> <laughs> Mixed them up. But yeah, the end. Um, you know, like the whole music videos, like them on like plateaus and shit. Like they're like, it, it's like in this weird, like barren, like CGI landscape. They could have made that work for like, he just does a front flip and he's got no back. And then the rest of the no. band is there. He's like, get a one and a two and a one, two, three, four. No. Hang yourself out Aww, of the Aw, stop. Oh. That's not nice. That's not nice. That's oh. too far. Too soon. Too far. He got killed in Saul. It was a lot worse. Too far. <laughs> they did it before. I'm censoring dead. you, which leads to the next topic. <laughs> Not allowed to come after Chester. Did two good albums. Now he's fucking untouchable. Ugh. You're being mean. <laughs> Speaking of, um, what do you think about censorship and horror? <laughs> what Show note number one. Well, I feel like that's part of what the rating system covers. Like, I agree with having a certain level of, like, violence or sexuality being limited to an older audience. And 
Of course. To that extent, I feel like the rating system is a censorship system. So you're allowing adults to choose whether or not they want to go watch these films. And if you choose to go watch the film, that's on you. Yeah, but that doesn't seem to work in like other parts of our society. Like if you make an action movie that doesn't have, you know, enough men or enough women or enough, you know, racial groups or enough, you know, like religious groups, like that seems to be like a point of contention. And in the horror genre, you're just supposed to make people uncomfortable. So it doesn't necessarily follow the same rules. Um, that's not really a censorship thing, though. If you don't have diversity in your film, that's more of a social outcry. That's not like a requirement. I think the social outcry. I mean, yeah, like you're not, there's not a guideline that you have to follow that says you have to have this many different well, ethnicities in your film. I'm talking about like government censorship like i'm talking about like cultural censorship mm -hmm. like where should you draw the line in 2019 and horror to avoid like the twitter holy mother of god they said the no so that's no self-censoring so we're just censorship not self-censoring but like how do you do horror that huffington post isn't gonna like holy fuck have you seen the new movie like that's my, <laughs> that's my huffington post it's it's a mix of a gay character and a ballet girl i just throw them together <laughs> holy fuck well that's a conscious choice that you're making for your own film at that level so you have to decide whether or not you care what the public opinion of your film is or your work what do you think there is a line like in a romantic comedy there is definitely a line right if you're writing a rom-com you can't throw a violent rape scene in the middle of a rom-com oh, because it be people a... will be like, I was triggered by the violent rape scene. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a rom-com. It wouldn't fall in that genre anymore. <laughs> like if you had... I could. <laughs> I guarantee you I could write a rom-com with a violent rape scene. <laughs> if I opened with a violent rape scene and you gave me an hour and a half to redeem myself, I could make that happen. I feel confident. I don't think it would be considered a rom-com. I think it would probably be considered a thriller with romance or something maybe not necessarily a horror but i think that boots it out of that genre because rom-coms are meant to be light-hearted and funny with this romantic element so but yeah i don't think it would be considered a rom-com anymore <laughs> so you don't think that anywhere is too far for horror ah uh... I mean, there are probably things that I personally, like... Like you're not into, like, super violent films, yeah, so, like, so... the slashers are uncomfortable for you. Well, it's not necessarily the slashers, per se. Um, well, I guess slashers do kind of fall in that. Like, I'd, like, Scream, for instance, is a slasher, and I don't consider that a hyper-violent film. Like, that film doesn't bother me. It's just, like, the excessive gore, especially when it's, like, this weird, like, sexualized gore. Um, like, gore porn bothers me a lot. So, um, I personally would probably censor my own work. Proud of you. <laughs> Everybody in the neighborhood thinks you're cool, bro. <laughs> like, I personally would probably censor my own work to that level, just because it's my preference. I don't care for that kind of stuff. But I, I think, like I said, the ratings guideline um, kind of covers that, in my opinion. Like... If you're going to see an R-rated film, you walk in with an expectation of... But you don't think that there's any level of, like, cultural backlash that is bigger than an MPAA, like... Well, I yeah, I think if you have... 
any kind of work, regardless whether it's a film or a book or whatever that's culturally deaf, then you're going to face a backlash. But I don't consider that censorship. Like, I, I consider that, like I said, like a, a social outcry. Like, you have to choose whether or not you care about the public opinion. So I don't really consider that being censored so much as you have to decide for yourself whether or not it matters. But in horror, you are caring about the public opinion via confronting the public opinion. Like, you go safe space, you know? You're like, this is a place where we're all comfortable, and then fucked up thing happens, tag, 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 nobody's safe in the safe space. Like, that's kind of how the genre works, mm-hmm. you know? I need you to feel comfortable leaving your children alone with a babysitter, and then I'm going to spend 20 years writing nothing but slasher films targeting babysitters, so that even while you're sitting in the movie theater watching this, you're thinking, are my kids at home being tracked at my house with fucking, <laughs> It's supposed to find that comfortable space. And it has gone too far. I mean, it, in the past, it's definitely had a lot of pushback. You know, we've talked about films that uh, received X ratings uh, that needed to be cut back through to get an R. And uh, we talked the other day about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and how that one got an X and he was shooting for a PG because he wanted to test this idea, mm-hmm. you know. Of it's not about the blood and the violence. I can just make your stomach twist and never show you a goddamn thing. <laughs> Hitchcock got fucking, you know, banned from countries for Psycho, which is black and white. They use chocolate instead of blood. And there's no, get like maybe a glimpse of a breast in the entire film, but the idea of the movie is what fucks people up. And I think that. It's about due time that we have a horror that really messed with somebody. You know, like... So what do you think? Because for me, I guess that's still, once again, like I said, that, that just falls into the rating system for me, which I guess is technically a form of censorship. If you wanted a PG film and you got an R rating, underage people can no longer go see your films. I guess to some extent you are well, being I think, censored. Like, you're, you're focused on like the literal like government censorship well, I mean, type thing. To and me, I'm, I'm talking more like industry censorship, audience censorship. Like you get backlash from things and then like production companies don't want to take you on. You know, like how far can you go before you're not allowed on Netflix because the platform is kicking you off like as a whole I feel like Netflix has been putting out some pretty edgy content lately, though, so I don't know that Netflix would care as much. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what do you... Like, what do you think your I think it's no holds barred. I I saw a film called The Serbian Film, or A Serbian Film, I can't remember which article preluded it, and it is so fucked up that I will never watch it again. And it is the one movie that I will never again in my life want to experience because it is fucking horrifying. And it's not horrifying in a fun, let's go to bed kind of way. It's horrifying like I was in my 20s and it kept me awake for the rest of the night kind of way. It's it's fucked. But I'm happy I saw it. <laughs> but it got, 
Did it get publicly released or? Yeah, it was a an international release. It just got banned in almost every country because it's one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen in my life. Like it, it is maybe like outside of like I've watched beheading videos like 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 those ISIS mm-hmm. type things and a lot of like people getting hit by trains and public suicides and best gore type shit. And uh None of those hurt my heart half as hard as that movie did. That, that I will never forget, like, three scenes from that film where I'm just like, I can't believe you fucking did that. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> but I think you have the right to. Short of actually hurting anybody. You, you can't release, like, an actual film where people are actually getting hurt. Yeah. But I think you should have the right to test the comfortability of an audience. If I had half a million dollars, I think my goal would be to walk all but five people in a movie theater and then be like, those are my five. Well, I think that's it's... what The Exorcist did when The Exorcist came out. Yeah, I think it's a dual-edged sword, though. Like, if you, you know, had your own funding and had your own production company or, you know, your own publishing company for a book or whatever and you released it yourself and fronted it yourself then yeah I think you're entitled to release whatever work you want to release for sure because it's literally your money your time your energy and if people choose to buy it or watch it or consume it or whatever then that's their choice um I do agree kind of going back to that with there being like rating systems just to protect people that are honestly just too young for that kind of content so like I still agree with that but um when you're talking about another company producing your work for you, I think that it's understandable if they feel an obligation to their consumers. So if they have like a standard that their audience is used to and they tell you, hey, this is maybe pushing it too much. If you want us to pay for this, you need to scale back. Like, I think if you have a problem with that, you produce it yourself, you know? <laughs> like, I, no, I think I, that, I get that too. I'm not saying they should be forced to create things. I'm just saying that, like, it's obvious that we live in a culture that is, like, judging every piece of content that comes out by what it is. Mm -hmm. Is there a place for that in horror? Like, I think art in general does have an obligation to push boundaries. Like, I, I do think that that's true, like, regardless of whether it's horror or a different genre, I think art has always been kind of where people like confronted social norms and like pushed back on boundaries and stuff so I do think artists in general have an obligation to kind of push past the comfort zone mm-hmm. so I don't know to be continued <laughs> part two um, <laughs> how do you overcome the creative funk <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a topic Brett and I have been discussing lately because um, we graduated college in December. It is now May. And we've been working very hard on the podcast, but I haven't done pretty much any film work at all since we graduated. Part of that's just because we've genuinely been busy. It's not necessarily been a slacking off, but... Like, I personally have felt like I was kind of in, like, this stalemate, like, just this, like, 
uninspired, unmotivated, creative funk when it came yeah. to my film work. So, I don't know. Like, for me, I guess it's... I was having a bit of a pity party for myself. Like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have the energy. I'm tired. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of money. And, like... I mean, if you're going through a rough patch, like, you, of course, have the right to feel down or, like, give yourself a moment to breathe in that moment. So maybe that's just what I needed. But, like, recognizing when you're just self-indulging and, like, being like, okay, enough. And, like, seeing the opportunities in your day. Like, I started getting up a little bit earlier to work on the podcast and just trying to make more time instead of more excuses. <laughs> so You got up a whole hour earlier, like, uh, like last week. Like mm-hmm. We had a day off. Was it last week or was it Wednesday? Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. Yeah. You woke up, like, an hour and a half early. And mm-hmm. you were out here drinking coffee and click clacking away and like living your best life. And I stumbled <laughs> out of the bedroom and I was like, ah, <laughs> now, you're not procrastinating and you're not lazy. You're busy. I mean, we work a lot. We're trying to do the family, you know, type thing. And we're doing this on, you know, the side. And you're, you're taking it. There are two approaches to it that I can come up with, like right off the top of my head, which is in on writing, Stephen King. Again, I'm not going to get the exact quote because I don't have it written down. He talks about um, sometimes you're doing good work when all it feels like is you're shoveling shit from a crouched position or something <laughs> like that. Like, Sometimes it just feels like you're like, eh, you know, and then like you might get like the one sentence and then uh, Chuck Palahniuk, and I'm not going to get this quote right directly either, uh, talks about how shit or get off the pot. However, if you have to get off the pot, go consume the world, like go out and take in as much as you can. So when it's time to turn that back on you have something in your arsenal. Like, if you're not shooting anything, it's because you have an empty arsenal. Yeah, and I was telling you on the car ride home today that I feel like maybe that's part of what my problem is, is I let myself kind of take more space than I probably needed, I guess, from doing work, and then I haven't really been... Like, I have, like, a whole bunch of, like, books on different aspects of film whether it's filming or lighting or you know color work or any of that stuff like I have a whole bunch of films on that or books on that kind of stuff and I haven't been reading any of those in my spare time I haven't been like watching films outside of the films that we do for the podcast or just when we're relaxing like all right neighbors I I think they're playing football in the hallway <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, neighbors. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I have uh, websites like that feature like short films that artists. You read submit. articles all the time about like 
Biden. And yeah, that, that is true. I do read a whole lot of no film school articles. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of them. So well, what are they? Uh, no film school. There you go. So it's these guys that publish more articles than you could ever hope to read about anything and everything film related. So, so. like a BuzzFeed for... Kind of. Yeah, I guess maybe they do. They do a lot of like top 10 lists. For they do articles and videos. Yeah, a lot of stuff. So yeah, if you've never heard of New Film School, I would check them out. Um, there's another one that I'm blanking on that I'm a big fan of and I can't think of their name. But yeah. Other than that, though, I haven't really been watching other people's work or watching other movies or reading my books. And I think that's part of my problem. I haven't been like creatively consuming to kind of re-energize myself. Mm-hmm. So I think it helps. Like I would agree with that. Like that's definitely if you're in a spot where you're not creating, go consume creative stuff. It inspires you. Again, another king thing from the same book. If, if you're a writer or uh, a filmmaker of or any sort of creative that you should read on writing you know it's it's about a lot more than just writing but it's his big thing you know like if you want to be successful read a lot and write a lot yeah so do what it is that you want to do and watch other people do what it is that you want to do and never stop doing that so like your free time should be full of listening to or watching whatever it is that you want your end game to turn out like and you'll get there very buddhist (laughs) the secret (laughs) do you do anything in particular whenever you're uh to the secret um do what i said do you do anything in particular whenever you're uh like in a moment where you're feeling creatively frustrated uh no i'd never feel creatively frustrated (laughs) i'm awesome all the time no, uh, <laughs> my bad. No, I'm uh, forever cool. Um, no, I'm, I'm forever creatively frustrated. Um, <laughs> I, I read. I, I, I read or I, I listen to poetry or I try to watch a good movie or go out to a bar and take my headphone out and just sit there and listen to music in one earphone and just gather conversation. Like I, if I'm not capable of, of, of making something, then I fuck something up like in my head. Cause like, it's always, this is my therapy, you know, like this is how I express myself. And if I'm not doing it, then I don't feel right. It's like, going to the gym like if you go to the gym three days a week and then you suddenly stop going to the gym and you just kind of feel like you've got all this pent up like what the fuck you know like so things don't feel right if I'm not working on something um so yeah if I if I can't write then I try to pour it into something else that's creative there's a third quote fourth quote about (laughs) writing uh, from the book that's in the back of my satchel that I'm not going to bother to get out right now. Um, it's not Spectators. It is the workbook. And it talks about how if you can't write, try to learn something new. Like take up tennis. or Learn go, how to make wine. <laughs> learn how to make wine. Go golfing. <laughs> 
try to go on a zip line, try to do something that you've never done before when you're stuck. Because you'll find that in trying to take up this other skill, you'll learn a lot of things along the way. You'll meet people that you never would have met had you never taken up zip lining, for example. I'm only saying zip lining because we passed a billboard on the way to your parents' house today. But like if we became zip line enthusiasts, we're going to meet 30 people a week that we would have otherwise never run into. Sure, they smell like ayahuasca. <laughs> they're like, yeah, man, it's just like zipping. Like they're, you know, they're going to be different people than the kind of people that we would normally hang out with. But in doing this new skill, you become a part of a new community and you get a new take. So you can take that creative energy and just got to remember to come home with it. So you attract a lot of uh, very weird people, weird situations, <laughs> and weird people in general. And I read this was a while ago. I don't even remember how long ago it was. I read an article about uh, this couple that went zip lining on. I want to say their honeymoon. It was like really a sucky time, and one of them got caught. Halfway down the zip line, I can't remember which one. No, like, it gets worse. Got caught halfway down the zip line, and, like, whoever was monitoring it didn't, I don't know, let the person at the other end know, hey, this person never got to the end of the zip line, or the person at the other end didn't check or whatever, but let the second person down, and the second one hit the first one, and one of them died because of the force of the impact. I can't remember who died, but it was like their honeymoon. So. It's definitely the first person. Yeah, you keep uh, talking about going ziplining, and I'm like, I feel like that's how ziplining would go for us. Um, no, no, I like the idea of a zipline because um, like I've always kind of had it, my personality where I'm like, that scares me, so I'm going to do it. Like, if I can if I can do it, then it can't scare me, you know? Like, no, I think it'd be good to go. tons of fun, but this whole time well, I've been picturing that, like, one of us is crushing the other when we go ziplining. A lot of that I get out of, um, my, my mom and her friend took a trip to Costa Rica, probably fucking seven or eight years ago, whatever it was. And my mom is... Uh, afraid of heights and afraid of not being in control like she doesn't drink too much because she doesn't like being in control she doesn't like looking out the window of the planes that she's on constantly because she's terrified of heights and so she got on the zip line and said I'm only doing it once and I'm sure shouldn't I go and bungee jumping in an English accent and she went fucking going through, it, it was a zip line in Costa Rica, so it was going through like this, like, I, I don't know, it's not a rainforest, but you know what I mean, like, through the woods, mm-hmm. and it was a good, you know, click, <laughs> you know, she was on this fucking thing, and she got off that zip line, a different person, like, she was really into that country song, like, live like you were dying, she's like, I'm going on it, like, I don't know why I'm giving her that accent, she's from the east end of London, but you know, like, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna fucking take it over, you know, like she, and she got on the zip line, and, uh, no, poor zip line, you should have zip lines in your personal life, you should have things that scare the shit out of you that you do anyway, 
want to go skydiving. Yeah, I'd like to go skydiving. I think that would be fun. I'd like to go zipline too. I'm not against it. I just like for some reason every time I think about it now that story plays in my head. I watched this dude the other day and uh, I got so excited and I watched the video like five times in a row and then found out it happened three years ago and I'm like way behind the fucking power curve. Where this dude jumped from like 25,000 feet, right? Without a parachute? Without a goddamn parachute. Yeah, landed in a fucking net. Mm-hmm. And I watched the net part, like the last 10 seconds before he fell into the net. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, one of his friends hits the parachute, and he's like, see you later, Mike. Well, they had. And the second dude hits the parachute, he's like, see you later, Mike. And then the dude at 500 feet hits his parachute, and he's like, all right, buddy, good luck. And it's like, holy fuck. And he doesn't hit the center of the goddamn net. This dude hits, like, far right. Like, another, like... 10 feet, he would have been fucked. (laughs) Crazy intense, I'll admit. That's like thrill-seeking next level. But they had, to be fair, divers with parachutes diving with him to the safe altitude that you could still pull a chute to make sure that he was on course. And then they pulled their chutes when it was like at the lowest when altitude. When you're moving that fucking fast, I mean, a strong gust of wind. True. And he almost clipped the end of that goddamn net. Like, it, it could have still gone horribly wrong after he was below the altitude that the parachuters couldn't dive with him anymore, but at a certain altitude, they could have guided him back on course, so it wasn't wholly reckless. That just, it looked fucking <laughs> insane. But yeah, the, I did see that video, That's Madness, and I would probably be dead of a heart attack before I ever hit the net. (laughs) And I feel like, too, because there's nothing to slow you down, the force of hitting that net, which, I mean, it gave under him. Yeah. Would still suck. Probably sitting up, like, 50 feet or whatever it is. Like, just smack hitting that with nothing to slow you down would probably suck a little. (laughs) Like, like you gotta feel... I feel like you're definitely bruised from that net. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like a three to five minute fall however long this dude was just like in the air Mm -hmm. just free falling like at what point are you like having conversations with god like where (laughs) do you get in your fucking head when you're falling that goddamn far (laughs) that fucking fast well the ones that kill me are the uh that one didn't kill him thank christ (laughs) but they had all those people and all i could keep thinking was like what if he misses that net but he clips him, like, in the left shoulder and just, like, rips the whole left side of his body Ugh. off and then, like, flings that out into the crowd and all these people are like, Mike! <laughs> what does it kill me are the people that, like, uh, do rock climbing but don't use any kind of harness. Like, these people, like, climb oh, insane yeah, the heights. Oh, free hangers? Yeah. Those motherfuckers, dude. I met one of those guys in college. They're you're fucking out of this world. Solely depending on the strength of your arms and the lack of sweat on your palms. Yeah, no, like, I've been uh, in too many bar fights. My right hand's, like, just completely fucked up. So it's like, you know, I got arthritis. Like, I can't, like, pull my fucking leg. In the winter, my hands hurt. I can't that- imagine, like, trying to go out, like, fucking... Uh, Sylvester Stallone yeah, and Cliffhanger. Like, I'm not... <laughs> they usually do crazy heights. Like, I've been rock climbing before, and I think the highest that I've climbed up was maybe 50 feet. Like, I tried a 100-foot one, and I fell, but I was hooked to a harness. I'm like, by the end I've of the... I've a bunch of harness, fucking 
but like by the end of the 50 foot one, I was just like, there's nothing left in my arms. I couldn't imagine like free climbing, like any of that shit. Cause no. yeah, like after I, 20 <laughs> feet, I would shit myself 20 feet. I'm like, okay, I might like sprain my knee or break my leg or, you know, but past that. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no. only six feet tall. I ain't trying to fall that many knees. Yeah. No. Not doing that. You gotta wear chalk. And all chalk has ever done for me in the gym has made my hands feel weirdly more slippery. Like, I've, I've never That's felt... That's weird. Yeah, like, I've, I've put on chalk and then, like, tried to, like, do a lift. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like I've got a grip. It hmm. feels like there's chalk on the goddamn, you know... I can't imagine rocks and chalk like that's just too much dust i would i'd almost like to get a bare grip <laughs> i've got sweat on my hand it'll make mud we'll be good to go Ugh, no i you know i just i wouldn't do it at all <laughs> i'm good on that i'll stick to my harness because it's even when you're in a harness a little scary when you fall how the fuck would we wind up on cliff divers we're talking about the free jumper the skydiver dude how did we get there? Ziplining. Conquering your fears. Oh, conquer your fears. <laughs> I've got here dress for the job you want. I don't know why I wrote that down. I'm wearing pajamas. <laughs> so, Mission fucking so, accomplished. <laughs> I feel like working at home is the job that I want. <laughs> I'm wearing socks. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking to you and you fucking idiots. No, I'm joking. Um, I'd like to work from home. Getting I feel, up, getting a refill. I feel like I am dressed for the job that I want. <laughs> Drinking wine, wearing a sweater, a fried chicken. <laughs> Got my polar pants PJs on. Polar bear pants PJs. Polar pants. <laughs> no, you got a polar jacket. You ain't got polar pants. <laughs> That jacket's going to come in handy one day, and you're going to be jealous of that jacket. I'm not going to be jealous of that jacket. I'm not trying to look like I'm escaping Serbia in circa <laughs> 1970. It's warm, though. It's all puffy and yeah, lined with fur. part of the goddamn Donner Party. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not, like, out here trying to eat my neighbors, you know? Like, move some shit via a horse wagon. I might be. Maybe I'm a cannibal. I mean, I'm down. <laughs> There's that German dude who uh, ate that dude that he met on German Craigslist. What? You don't know that story? No. I, I, I think his name was Herman Weiss, but I'd have to look it up. Because I've been reading uh, The New Evil and my brain is filled with useless homicide information. But yeah, he uh, he was a cannibal in Germany who decided that he wanted to eat somebody. So he goes on uh, like a forum to like find somebody who wants to be eaten. And lo he and like behold, legit like says, "I want to eat you." Yeah, it's like a cannibalism forum, like early internet, like two thousand three, five, somewhere in there. Um. And finds a dude who's like, my one sexual fantasy is to be eaten. Like alive or just like, here's a chunk of my flesh? Doesn't matter. That's weird. So they spent like four or five months like talking about it on uh, like instant messenger. And then the dude came in. They had, um, 
a couple of drinks together and they hung out. Might have spent like a day or two together beforehand. And then he ties him up, bites his dick off, spits his dick out, pours an ice bath for the dude so he can bleed to death in the bathtub. And while the dude is bleeding out from his severed dick, he takes the dick into the kitchen, pan sears it, overcooks it, tries to feed it to the dude while he's bleeding out in the That's bathtub. That's fucked up. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's not getting any funner than this. <laughs> They, he winds out throwing out the dick, cutting the dude's throat and carving him up. So, like, when the cops show up, like, a while later, he's got this big deep freezer. And he's got all this meat in the deep freezer. And uh, the cops are like, what is that? And he's like, it's wild boar. And they're like, there's a skull. Like, there's a head in this fucking <laughs> And he's like, okay, well, uh, that's my friend, and I've saved all the emails, so it was consensual, and you can't charge me with a crime because it, you know, it wasn't a homicide; it was consensual murder. Did he agree to being killed though? Like he was yeah. cool with that? That's what he wanted. He wanted to be murdered and eaten. That's so weird. Yeah. I feel like he probably had a change of heart the moment his dick was no longer attached to his body, though. He was probably rethinking these things. I don't things. know if I... I, I could... I'm, this is gonna be weird. Like, what a way to let somebody bleed out, too. Like, why not, like, slit a serious, like, slit the wrist, slit the throat, like... I mean, you're dealing with a dude who gets off on the concept of being eaten. So, like... I feel like that Having dude... his dick bit off of his body was probably the single greatest experience no, of his life. I think he had a change of heart real quick. I mean, I, I he would. regretted it. I wouldn't start with the dick. I'd be like, hey, can you bite a chunk out of my shoulder, see if I'm into this? Because <laughs> I can replace the shoulder. <laughs> Skin grabs or some shit. Mm. You know? mm. Yeah, not for that. But yeah, the, the, uh, the Herman's still in, in jail. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine you don't get it. But he doesn't regret it. Like, I was watching this interview, and he was, like, straight out, like, no, oh, I have him as a part of me forever. Like, he still feels the way that he felt when he was writing that dude all those weird fucking emails. I thought you were going to say at first that he was, like, going to eat his dick himself. I was like, that's a weird choice to go with. Like, that's the first thing I'm going to eat. No, that's what he did. He, he bit it all. He pan-seared it. Well, you said he tried to feed it to the other guy. He did. He, he cut the dick in half after pan-searing it and tried to feed it to the both of them while oh, the dude gross. was bleeding out in the bathtub. And it was overcooked, so he threw it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there are many recipes for Can how to Can you imagine being cook. like... My dick is overcooked. Like, like, what kind of mindset you have to be in? This penis is overcooked, good sir. No, there's no way in hell at that point. You're not in shock, so at that point, you're probably, like, delirious anyway. Somebody literally just bit your junk off. You're in shock for sure. I don't think he was having any, like, very <laughs> structured thoughts going on in his head at all anymore after that. Me either. Oh, God. I don't know why I started telling you about that. That's uh, terrible. Stuck with zip lines, but you know. Uh, oh wait, I, I was. I said, about dress that. for the job you want. <laughs> That's how we got to. Still wearing PJs. Still wearing PJs. After this podcast, I'm going to try to see what Kristen's lower intestine tastes like. Nope. No. No. Nope. Damn. 
That was the dinner pie. Hmm. Speaking of dinner, we did seared duck this week. We did. It was super tasty. Came out really well. And we did scallops, and I'm pretty sure uh, Gordon Ramsay would be mad at me for scallops. Oh, I liked them. They were good. They were rubbery. Oh, they weren't rubbery. They just, like, the recipe that they sent us didn't say to add any butter, and I feel like anytime I've ever had scallops, they've been more buttery, so it's weird that they didn't want you to cook them in any butter. Well, the rice came out well. Yeah, the rice was fantastic, which they, they definitely weren't rubbery. They weren't rubbery at all. I just, I'm used to them being, like more buttery that was my only like how that was an interesting choice in the recipe I think Herman Cain was a politician I think I've completely fucked up the name of this German serial killer (laughs) I don't think you said Cain the first time did you it was Weiss you said Herman Weiss you talk I don't know what to talk about after that I feel like that's like me either. Stunned all of my thoughts for the rest of the night. Like, we're going to be trying to eat dinner later, and I'm just going to be thinking about pan-seared penis. Herman Weiss is a brewmaster. Um, he owns the Pearl Brewing Company, so he's definitely not the dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, Herman Weiss. Uh, German... Consensual cannibalism. Running from your life, or running for your life from German cannibals. <laughs> running from your life from German. Oh, I was way off. What is it? Armin Muse. <laughs> you were way off. <laughs> Armin Muse, Herman Weiss. I feel like they're like close-ish, <laughs> like. Is a yeah born December nineteen sixty one as a German former computer repair technician who achieved international notoriety for killing and eating a voluntary victim, whom he had found via the internet. Afterward, Muse and the victim jointly attempted to eat the victim's severed penis. Muse killed his victim and proceeded to eat a large amount of his flesh. Because of his acts, Muse is also known as the Rottenberg Cannibal or Der Metzgermeister, the Master Butcher. Mm. He's 57 years old. He's still alive. His occupation on Wikipedia listed as computer repair technician (laughs) instead of dude who eats severed penises. (laughs) Criminal status is incarcerated. Motive was sexual gratification is life imprisonment previously eight and a half years holy shit the German government is gracious you can kill a dude and eat him and they're gonna be like ah you'll get out in under ten you'll be mm. alright maybe originally they did kind of follow that well the dude volunteered and then they were like nah how do you feel about it the victim consented. How different well, is it from uh, Dr. Death? Uh, Dr. Kevorkian? I, I feel like... It's definitely more fucked up, but... And I, I, I feel like even if the person initially consented, that's like, okay, hypothetically, you have two people who say they want to have sex and they're mid-having consensual sex and one person 
besides mid-sex, like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to stop. You're obligated to stop. So... What if the dude never said well, the safety word? He, he may not have, but there's no evidence to prove one way or the other because they're the only two people involved in the situation. So I feel like you can't possibly prove in the moment of his torture that he was still on board with being murdered. You've got three months of murder me, murder me, no but matter what I say, kill me. Like That's prior to, like prior to the actual moment like people might think like oh this is going to be like a massive Can we talk about how like the internet has i mean it's an interesting case for sure Mm -hmm. um but in that situation i mean you've got to send the guy to jail for sure I think you're giving ten years, and you're like, "Hey, no more, no more doing that on the internet." And you change the law, but this is a psychopath who didn't go out and grab some ten-year-old boy. Like he's not like a. Well, you can't prove that. He's not like an Albert Fish character. His like, victim was of sound mind, either, though. Yeah, but Albert Fish like kidnapped, like a young girl off her front yard and ate her. At least this dude had, like, the peace of mind to be like, I'm going to go on the internet. Yeah, I know. I'd find still somebody who's down for getting eaten. still it's think like, that's a murder charge. Is it be just because it's fucked up? Because some girls have a rape fantasy. Yeah, but they don't actively want to get raped, though. That's the same thing as, no, like, BDSM. No, but they might set up a meeting where it's like, I'm going to leave the door open and then you come by at 1 a.m., you know, and it's like one of those where it's like, I want the thrill but, of Yeah, it, but that's but still... That it's, that's still within safe boundaries, though. Like, once one person is uncomfortable in those situations, you're supposed to... The dude seemed pretty down. He ate his own dick. I feel, I feel like that's probably not... Like, he probably... How do you think your Mother's Day was going to go? <laughs> I, I am 100% confident that dude was in shock at that point, and I doubt if he willingly Maybe ate willingly it, he willingly got in the, in the cups, was willingly getting ready to get his dick bit off, and then willingly ate his own penis. Well, that's to one person's account, Without though. using the safe word. That's to one person's account, though. What if he it's was like, like three or four months of messages. yeah, no, but I mean, like in the moment, what if he's in these cuffs and like he's I'm you know I'm yeah, into this and dude starts biting I'm, down. I'm not justifying it. I'm, I think it's an interesting. I think it's a murder charge. <laughs> I definitely think it's a murder charge. Do you think he gets twenty five or life without parole or manslaughter? Or is eight and a half enough? No, eight and a half is definitely not enough. <laughs> You think twenty-five to life enough is to adjust the law so the next time this fucking dude does it, you can get him? No, I I think that's a murder charge straight up. But it was consensual victim. You can't, like I said, you can't prove in the moment that that was still consensual. If this person's already cuffed, like, what if he starts? I think he videotaped a big part of it. Okay, that the might, dude was like, I'm 100% down. That might change things if yeah. you have video evidence of him being like, no, I'm into that. it. Because I know it, it, it's not a small crime. It's a massive thing in Germany that they created this whole like 
trial. Like, if you can literally prove the entire time dude was into it, maybe I'd say it's a manslaughter charge. But it's definitely still not a, hey, he agreed to it, that's okay. Muse's attempted cannibalize. Muse has admitted cannibalizing brands and has expressed regret for his action. He added he wanted to write a biography with the aim of deterring anyone who wants to follow in his footsteps. Websites depict or dedicated to Muse have appeared with people advertising for willing victims. They should go for treatment so it doesn't escalate like it did with me, said Muse. While in prison, Muse has since become a vegetarian <laughs> and believes that there are about 800 cannibals in Germany. That's a lot. I wouldn't think it'd be that high. And then got a retrial in 05. Because the prosecutors argued that uh, he should have been convicted of murder because he killed for sexual gratification, a motive pr proved by his having videotaped the crime. So yeah, I remembered more of this than I thought. Mm. The court ruled that the original trial ignored the significance of the video and disproving the argument that Muse only killed because he had been asked to kill. At his retrial, a psychologist stated that Muse could reoffend and still, quote, have fantasies about devouring the flesh of young people. On 10 May 2006, which was yesterday, 13 years ago, a court in Frankfurt convicted Muse of murder and sentenced him to life in prison. So that means that the video didn't necessarily prove anything in his favor, like they whatever was on the video took to be his sexual gratification and not necessarily evidence that... But wasn't it the victims as well? I, I You know, that depends what's on the video. I mean, that's if there's a existing video, then I would for sure say that is a massive, you know, It's an interesting evidence. thought experiment. I'm not for eating people, and I'm not... If, if you're listening... Um, I'm 100% not down. Don't get killed or try to kill people ever, but especially not on the internet with the paper trail. That's just ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> um, so write in and let us know where you sit, I guess. Let me check our time over her because we, we technically still have to cook dinner. We're sitting in at an hour 11. How do you feel? Seven o'clock, we should probably call it. That'll do. So we still gotta watch our two star movie. Oh shit. Working double time. I don't know what movie we're watching right now. But get ready for a two star Tuesday, motherfucker. There won't be pan seared penises in it, whatever it is, I can guarantee that. <laughs> I'm gonna make you watch a Serbian film. No. Just blow your goddamn. No, because you've told me about it. I'm not watching that. The only other thing is we have to come up with a funny ad for HelloFresh. <laughs> so, because I wrote seared duck, parentheses, funny ad on the piece of paper. <laughs> um, you know what's better? than killing your best friend and eating his penis. You're right, listener. You're 
HelloFresh. HelloFresh will show up at your door with all the consent in the world and all the goddamn ingredients you need to make a fantastic fucking meal. And I won't squirm around, because it's been dead. I don't have an affiliate ad to give you, so... I don't have any read. We're not getting paid for this. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> we spent a lot more time talking about cannibalism. It's not even in the notes, so it's just kind of like a weird aside. Then I, it says, Seared Duck Funny Ad, and then I was just like... If I had dick, like oh shit. <laughs> if I had a don't overcook your Hello Fresh. Order it today. Follow the step by step instructions. But maybe add more spices. Add more spices for sure. You could do a lot with a lot of garlic. But anyway, all right, let's get out of here. Um, um... No links, social media links. Uh, I know. I'm getting there. I'm just oh. making sure I get like clickety 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 clickety. <sighs> Where can you find us on Twitter? Uh, at Nightmare Box Pro. And Facebook? Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. And Instagram? At Nightmare Box Productions. Email? Nightmare Box Productions at Gmail. Send us your stories. Send us your short films. Send us your ideas for stories and short films. Send us your comments, your questions, your concerns. You can send them across any of those platforms and we will fucking read them. And I'll be super excited to start working with you fucking people and I love you I love you and I love you guys and we'll see you next week cheers